Why do many converts become less devout once they've converted to Judaism? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 91 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that stolen waters are sweet, meaning that the Satan only strikes when a person is warned not to behave in a certain way. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. After nearly two years learning about Torah and mitzvahs and practicing Judaism, Sarah finally underwent her conversion. She was truly a model conversion candidate. She attended every class that the synagogue offered. She would constantly call me with questions about the minutiae of Shabbos and the laws of Kashros, and she often even attended shul during the week for services. A couple of weeks after the conversion, she called me sounding depressed and downtrodden. Rabbi, I don't know what's happened to me. I haven't craved a cheeseburger in years. Suddenly it's all I'm thinking about. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I need your help. What's wrong with me? Sarah, I responded, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Let me tell you why this strange desire is 100% normal. Today's stuff explains Sarah's predicament. There's something that happens when bread is eaten in secret. Let's look at the Gemara. A licentious man once entered the home of a married woman. When the husband returned home, the man went and hid behind the door. There was cress lying on the counter that the visitor had seen, a snake taking a taste of it. The master of the house wanted to eat from that cress without the woman's knowledge. The licentious one jumped out and said to him, Do not eat from it, a snake has tasted of it. The case was brought before Rava who ruled, His wife is permitted to him. For had they sinned together, he'd have preferred that the husband eat the cress and die, as it is written, for they have acted licentiously, and blood is upon their hands. Isn't that obvious? Rava's ruling is necessary, lest you say that the man did in fact commit a transgression, and he spoke up because it was preferable for him that the husband not die, so that his wife should be to him as stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Rava therefore teaches us that this is not so. Let's analyze the Gemara. Why do people sin? Presumably, one commits a sin because he has a desire for something forbidden. He desires a ham sandwich, therefore he sins. He could just as well have fancied a chicken sandwich, but he chose the ham. That's how we assume our mitzvah avera calculation process works. But King Solomon teaches that the equation is not as simple and straightforward. We actually sin because sin tastes better. There is a sweetness and pleasantness to sin that you just don't find when you choose the right path. Imagine a wealthy mafia man who's presented with a plan to rob Fort Knox. Does he need the money? No, he's amassed more than enough money throughout his life of crime. But he can't resist the thought of pulling off such an extraordinary and audacious heist. The thrill of the possibility is simply exhilarating. That's the sweetness of sin. It's not just the sinful object that tastes good, it's the very essence of sin itself. That thrill is so powerful that the Gemara suggests that a licentious individual would rather sin knowing that his partner in crime's spouse is alive and well. If the partner wasn't legally attached, there'd be no thrill factor. If she were no longer married, the novelty would quickly wear off. That's what happened to Sarah. While she was on the path to Judaism, non-kosher food was permissible for her to eat. There was no sweetness factor because it wasn't a sin. But once she'd converted, the sweetness kicked in. The Satan now had a reason to entice her to desire the cheeseburger. 
That's why we say that a person who is commanded to fulfill a mitzvah and fulfills it is greater than one who is not commanded and nonetheless keeps it, because the first individual has a Yetzirah telling him to sin. The second has less of an obstacle to the mitzvah's fulfillment. Now, King Solomon declares Zel Umazeh Asahelikim, which may be understood as the concept of equilibrium. For everything that God created on the side of good, he created an equivalent on the other side, and vice versa. That's so that we have free choice. If the tug in one direction was stronger than the other, we wouldn't be free to choose. If doing the right thing was obvious, there'd be no point in rewarding humankind for making the right choices. And if the temptation to sin was more powerful than the draw to do good, it would be unfair to punish us for making bad choices in life. So if stolen waters are sweet, then there must be an equally powerful enticement to do mitzvahs. And intuitively, that's true. Most people find mitzvahs enjoyable and rewarding. Even though we believe that the ultimate reward for mitzvah performance happens in the world to come, a life in this world of Torah mitzvahs is already enriching and fulfilling. Not all mitzvahs are fun and easy, but as a package, dedicating your life to Torah mitzvahs is unparalleled. There's no greater feeling of satisfaction and contentment than living according to the dictates of heaven. Knowing that God is guiding you and that you have a deeper, meaningful relationship with the Creator is exhilarating. Torah and mitzvahs may be challenging, but challenges are what make us great, as well as engendering feelings of fulfillment and purpose. May you enjoy the thrill of a Torah life, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.